When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Brewers Talk, uh, the latest edition of the podcast from the Burton Mail focused on all things Burton Albion. It is of course uh, the international break, uh, but that doesn't stop us uh, from looking back on on what was, uh, well, a le- in the end, uh, a less than successful week for the Brewers uh, at the Pirelli Stadium. Joined as ever by uh, Rich Cusack here in the studio, well, the, the, the sort of small office in the Burton Mail office. Rich, how's things? Yeah, good afternoon, Josh. Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, glad for a bit of a break from league football, I must confess. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that was the general consensus probably um, at the Pirelli Stadium on Saturday, speaking to, to Nigel Clough and Jake Buxton afterwards. I think they both thought as well that this international break has, has come at the right time for for Burton Albion. It's not often you sort of say that. Usually, you know, as we, we always sort of say, that these days it seems that, that club football takes over and people are ready for it to return almost before the international break has begun. But um, I think from a Burton Albion perspective, given the... The two results last time out um, at home to Villa and Wolves, a break was was much needed. Um, we'll go straight into it and uh, obviously we discussed the Villa game which ended 4-0 uh, last Tuesday. We discussed that in last Wednesday's podcast. Um, it was more of the same really, it if was, anything yeah. uh, a little bit worse at the weekend. Wolves running out 4-0 winners at the Pirelli Stadium and uh, I think you know there, there was a bit of discussion about the fact that you know as poor as the result was against Villa, the performance actually was, was reasonably promising. There wasn't really that uh, that solace at the weekend. No, you you could certainly uh, look at the players on Tuesday night and say, pick out who played well. Say, look, you know, Wal- Villa, sorry, were a very good side Tuesday night, but Wolves had a little bit more of a not a lack of effort, to, so to speak, but more of a well, they could have helped themselves. Yeah. Um, Roman Sias's second goal. I mean, again, they went into half time three three up. It was just a case of different day, same old, same old story at the Pirelli, wasn't it? A place where you don't often associate those type of beatings really do you when, to be, no, to be no, honest um, I mean yeah you're looking at the, that first goal there I think we put in the recording with the ball caught, sort of bobbled Murphy, Luke Murphy got caught out and then Carmen Fadson got caught out um, Diogo Jota is in behind there one on one on loan in front of Atletico Madrid you said I think it was yesterday that they're looking at making that deal permanent yeah. for, for, for another um, uh, sizeable sum yeah, I don't think any other side of the championship needs that to happen no no, no definitely not um, so yeah I mean when you're two goals down inside 11 minutes any game plan goes straight yeah. out of the window that's it and, and it, as you say second game in a row three third time in a month that the Brewers have been 3-0 down at half time and any club Leeds, in any yeah, Leeds, yeah, 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 yeah. Any club, uh, any league in the world are gonna are gonna struggle sort of three 0 down from half time. But certainly the Brewers in the Championship with the quality they've got to come up against, um, it just it, it just give themselves too much to do. And I think that was the frustration again on Saturday among the fans. There's a little bit of uh, as we say audible frustration at uh, the full time whistle, which you very very rarely hear at the Pride Stadium. But I think that was down not necessarily to the result again, but the the fact that they just didn't help themselves. Like you say, two 0 down in in eleven minutes, both goals which you felt could have been avoided. The second one, as you say, Stephen Bywater sort of dropping the ball. He's made very few mistakes, if any, before the weekend. To, to be fair to him, it's just one of those things that happens. But I think in the context, it felt worse. 
and then the game has sort of gone and Wolves can play the, the, the football again we saw it the third goal um, Ruben Venegra finishing a lovely sort of move a 1-2 with even Cavalera but that sort of quality of football maybe doesn't come out if it's 0-0 or if Burton, Burton take the lead and they're yeah, almost exactly. almost exactly. a sense that they're allowing the teams to prove how good they are well, they're they're given to, them a platform they're, they're able to take more liberties aren't they when you're mm. two, two three goals to the good you're able to turn on the style a little bit more they haven't got to grind out the result the last thing you want to do is give a team like Wolves a two goal head start inside 10 minutes because then they really are going to just go and show um, show exactly what, what we're all about and why they are, should really be looked at as promotion contenders um, this season Yeah that's one caveat I suppose we spoke to, spoke to Nigel Clough yesterday and, <clears throat> and, and he said as much at the weekend didn't he you feel as if Burton have just played lost to not just two promotion contenders but probably two automatic automatic promotion contenders um, I think the thing is though this season as you could say that about I mean we, we felt that way after the Leeds game maybe not after the Cardiff game because we didn't know how good they were necessarily but certainly at this point they're looking like they can be up there so many teams and you know it was a tough enough division last season but I think the, the, the general consensus is that it's even more ruthless this season and, and Burton are probably finding that out a little bit more than they did last season Well Clough said something similar a few weeks ago he said that you've now got 15 or 16 teams who genuinely feel like they should be battling it out for, for the playoffs mm. which leaves what 8 or 9 teams yeah. finding out for 4 relegation spots realistically so um, I think you're looking at and what did we've read a piece yesterday, didn't we? That he said that he blames Huddersfield. Yeah, blames Huddersfield because what what happens there is teams look at Huddersfield and think that could be that could quite easily be us mm. finishing something like what was it, eighteenth or nineteenth for season before, and yeah. then going on and winning the, winning the playoffs, getting to the Premier League. So a lot of teams now are up raising their game at the expense of teams who are trying to fight it out and stay in the division, like like Burton. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, crazy thing is that Huddersfield actually they, they uh, the season before they went up they. they finished on 51 points Burton last season finished on 52 so they actually got fewer points than Burton did last season the right. season before well, and then it tells you, about, it tells you everything and, you need to, to know doesn't it and that is, uh, and that is the, the situation um, interesting line from, from, from the manager obviously there were a few he was audibly frustrated uh, after the game of the weekend I think he you know, I think he said something along the lines of I'm glad the international break is here I'm glad we, we sort of get a break from each other almost uh, yeah so I he think, didn't you know, want to was, see the players yeah, for think, a few days um and uh, plenty of interesting lines, but one is, is talking about the confidence and, and the fact that one of the big jobs over the coming weeks is going to be rebuilding that confidence as, yeah. as much as anything. He, he sort of said that didn't necessarily happen as much last year because they didn't suffer defeats like this. There was that run he mentioned around Christmas when they lost, I think, uh, seven games from eight in the league and, and things would look to be going south. Um, but there, there was never a sense of them, I suppose, having a confidence knock in terms of getting well, well, well beaten. Yeah. That's happened here. and. As much as anything, that that's going to be the issue now. Is is the players have got to get that back pretty quickly because other teams will punish that if if they can see that. And I think that the, the, the real the reason that we should be doing this, or the reason for building the confidence and getting the confidence, instilling it back into the team, is just saying, well, look, only five or six days ago you went to Loftus Road and ground out a nil-nil draw against a team that really playing Premier League yeah. football three or four seasons ago. So straight away you can look at as Nigel said yesterday, that's not that's not the same. You know, it's the same side that got mm. that nil-nil draw. But just got it just got beat. So why don't you go out and show what we can do it again? Yeah, it's, so. I, I think that's one thing potentially. You know, and you can you can bear it in mind too. But <clears throat> you've got to keep context in mind. And as you say, seven days before that Wolves game, 
Burton fans, I think, were coming away from Loftus Road thinking, if anything, disappointed. Yeah, disappointed yeah, with a point. That first half, they were so good. Scannell hits the post. They create a few chances. They, they look the better side. And okay, uh, then QPR changed it up, and Burton did sort of weather the storm a bit in the second half. But there was, there was, they could well have, have gone sort of got the win there. And everybody's feeling positive. It's three games of beating. It's back to back clean sheets on the road. And you say, oh, they're looking a tough side to, to break down and again. And that's the nature of this league. Yeah. Is that the league can can eat you up and spit you out, can't it? You know, you can go on a three game. Unbeaten run, beat Fulham, you know, playoff semi finalists, I think, last last yeah, season. Yeah. Everything's hunky dory, like you say. And then less a week later, it's right, okay, now panic stations could have been beaten by two sides. Who, like we say, come on, context. Mm. Let's think about where these sides are. You know, those games won't define your, those yeah. results will not define your season. It's when you play in the likes of Barnsley at home and Ipswich at home. I know Ipswich are doing well, they're yeah, like 8th yeah. or ninth place. But when you're playing sort of teams, you know, they've got Sheffield United coming up, they've got Brentford away, they've got Sunderland at home, they've got Preston. They're the sort of games, not your Villas, your Wolves, your Middlesbrough. Mm. These are the games now that are going to be key. Because if you start losing these, then I think it might be, not time to panic, but time to say, all right, OK, let's have a serious look at ourselves here. I think the reason that, you know, that there was a little bit of, if we talk about, again, that frustration and disappointment among the fans at the weekend was... I suppose it's issues at both ends, you know, both ends is, is one, the, the conceding goals. Again, the, the, I mean, Clough himself came out and, and Buxton as well and saying that there didn't seem to be that desire to keep the ball out of the net, which was, I mean, a bare minimum, really, quality for, for the Brewers last season. You think about John Brayford and Carl McFadden, Ben Turner, John Massini, all of these players throwing themselves in the way of, of everything. Um, and that just didn't quite feel as if it was there at the weekend. Obviously, they were without Brayford and Turner, two of their sort of <clears throat> top defenders. But that was one of the frustrations, I think, Um is, is the sense that, that that maybe was lacking. And then at the other end, obviously, you know, we made the comment after the game, six games between the last international break and this one, they only scored in one in the league. Yeah. Admittedly, you know, can't, can't stress enough, it was a two-on win over Fulham, brilliant. But five other games they failed to score in. And Nigel Clough saying part of that is down to certainly in the more recent games, they're not giving themselves a foothold, they're chasing the game, makes it easier for the opposition sides. But, you know, that that is that is something that maybe has gone slightly under the radar as well. I think... I think when you're when you're playing at home at the Pirelli, there's so much expectation there. So what Burton likes to do is we all know it's you know we know very full well that we like to shoot out the blocks. We like to get an early goal, like we did against Fulham. Mm. If they don't do that, and if they fall behind early, I think they lead themselves. There's a lot of space in behind there. And that's what happened on Saturday. Yeah. Wolves got in behind quickly. They were playing quite a high line, Burton, and that's it. Five minutes in the game, the game's more or less well, not over, but you know you're chasing you're chasing yourself straight away. And I just think that, like you say, that. The fact that they're not they're not scoring goals means that they're not taking the not, the forwards aren't taking the pressure off the defence. Mm. So the defence is being got at all the time. I think you could tell that Nigel Clough wanted he put Lucas Aikens back up front on Saturday just to try and hold the ball yeah, up a little yeah, bit more. A bit more presence. And I think if, if you look at the opening goal, I think that actually comes from where Aikens tries to hold the ball up. They get dispossessed and then they go up and score. So it didn't quite work it work in their favour. But you can certainly see that when they do get the early goal, it just takes the pressure off the defence straight, and that's, they need to start doing that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you need to look at Leeds at the weekend. You know, Chef Wednesday, obviously, they got well, well beaten by Chef Wednesday three 0 on on Sunday, and they're they're a side, you know, sort of maybe can't make too many comparisons, but so many teams who, who like to to get themselves a bit of an advantage, and then they, then they can sort of play their system. And, and Leeds are one, and you know, it was talked about on commentary. I think that they loved, especially away from home, to get in front and then hit teams on the break that didn't happen they were chasing the game and they were opened up and, and similar as happened to Burton is when they're chasing the game like any side you leave yourself more exposed 
and uh, and we see what happens. But again, it's it's funny because yeah, I mean you're analysing you're analysing how Burn are playing against these two sides, but like you say, con- you're on context. You need to look and say that like Nigel said to us yesterday again. Wolves and Villa can be anyone like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not Burton. Wolves and Villa, Burton aren't the only team who are going to get pummeled by Wolves this season. There'll be plenty more batterings that Wolves are going to hand out because they are a very, very good side, similarly with Villa as well, as they should be because they have the players. Mm. We talk about that that contest then. I suppose that's a a natural way really to move on from that game and to to reflect on on the season as a whole at the moment. You know, we're at that that natural point, an international break to, to look back on what's been. Okay, we're only 11 games in, but... It's, you know, it shows how quickly it goes. We're already virtually a quarter of the way through the season. I mean, I've, I've no idea where it's gone. Um, we know it's been a tough start in terms of in terms of the fixtures. It, we knew it from from day one. Looking at that fixture list, I think Burton have played something like eight or eight of their eleven games have been against sides currently in the top half. That gives you a bit of an insight. Um, they're currently sat on on nine points from from eleven games. They're outside the bottom three. They're also level with Brentford and Reading on nine yeah. points as well. So it's not just Burton who found it tough going. Well, this is it, this you know. So, so last season's Red, Red, uh, playoff finalists have. Yeah. So it's not exclusive just to Burton. There's a lot of teams. Look at Bolton down there on two points from eleven games. I mean, you've got to think that that you know miracles can happen and all the rest of it. But there's a lot of teams finding it tough. Sunderland as well down there. Birmingham down there. But like like we said. Burton have had a really tough start this season. A really tough start. So where do, where do you look at it? Though? I mean, you said they've had they've obviously had a tough start. It's tough to, in terms of fixtures. They've taken some heavy beatings, but they've also beaten Birmingham. They've beaten Fulham. They've drawn yeah. a couple of tough places. They've picked up some good results as well. Nine points for eleven games. Are looking at the teams around them. How do you sort of assess the first quarter of the season? Really, I think that if you look at the table, then you can see that the. the it's been a tough start. They've played some. They have played some some tough teams, but they have let in an awful lot yeah. of goals, and they haven't scored many at all. I think, by the looks of it, I can see here only Bolton have scored more. It's, sorry, only Bolton have scored less. Yeah, with four goals, Burton have scored six. Now that really needs to change, and they need to stop letting goals in. I think you know, Burton have conceded twenty three goals, and the most in the division. I was going to say, well, is that you know less sort of the points tally, or even where they're sat in the table? All of that is is potentially a little bit. Not irrelevant, but but the main issue you look at when you look at the table is that goal difference, and 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 that is potentially the, the telltale sign. This time uh, last season, eleven games in, uh, they got four points more, but potentially more tellingly, their goal difference was was zero. They conceded sixteen, and they'd scored sixteen. They've conceded, uh, they've scored ten fewer at this point now. Is that maybe a, a statistic that needs addressing as much as anything else? I, well, I, well, I think definitely, I, if, of course. I mean. You're looking at it now. Nigel Clough and Co. and everyone at Burton, all the players can look at that and say, "Right, this needs sorting." It's not a problem that's gone under the radar. You can clearly see for yourself that this is an issue. Conceding goals and not scoring enough. It needs sorting. We're only 11 games in. There's still time. 35, 36 games. There's still time to rectify this. And um, it's not like I say, it's not panic stations yet. But if you, I mean, you saw. I think. I think it was. Um, was it Birmingham and Blackburn who were level on goal difference? Blackburn went down last season because they had a worse goal difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah think, sorry, yeah. the level on points yeah. went down because they had a worse goal difference. Comes into play, doesn't it? it? Yeah, and, and again, you, you, you've, you've got to put everything into context. I suppose you talk, to talk about the goals and you, you can't underestimate the, the sort of blow that it was losing losing Liam Boyce back in July. You know, he was the record signing, signed to, to be the, sort of the main goal getter, really. The person who would find the goal if a game was tight would be a fox in the box with wimbles in the air. 
bit of an all-round striker really and suddenly he goes the main focal point of your attack goes in and you're having to change things up you know Lucas Aikens has been played there but has also been moved around as well Sean Scannell's obviously come in primarily a winger really but they've used him as a striker Joe Mason obviously got a goal in his debut but hasn't featured as much no. couldn't play on Saturday Luke Varney had a bit of an injury so has had a slower start to the season but it's making more of an impact now it's a lot of chopping and changing and at this early stage you know I think Clough suggested in the last week or so they're still you're still Trying finding really your formula, find aren't you? Aren't yeah, you? you're still finding your formula. Though. You have with Liam Boyce. Um, you have to wonder how much of a pre well, not pre-season planning was planned around him. If yeah. they knew they were going to get him, you're looking at the team thinking we're going to build our team around him, and then bang, you know, no more. We're starting from scratch, mm. effectively. So um, it remains to be seen where where they're going to go with the strike. Whether they keep Scandal up there, whether they. Obviously, they like him, but he's, he's good when he gets in behind. Yeah, yeah. He can he can drag defenders wide, use his pace. Um, Lucas Aikens has done very well since he's dropped into midfield, actually, mm. uh, for those games. I think it was against QPR where he, he was playing. Ex- he played excellent in midfield with QPR. Um, like you say, assessing the assessing the season so far. I think we we spoke about a couple of players we were looked at. I mean, you had a candidate for, for player of the season. Player of the season so far, we must stress. Um, you want to just share us that? Well, yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, like you say, it's, it's sort of interesting to to look and, and you talk about the fact that the performances of, of, I think that's probably more notable than this time last season, the performances have really sort of peaked and troughed in a way, you know, a couple of, that win over Fulham, absolutely superb, second half against Birmingham, absolutely brilliant, and then equally you look at the game against Wolves at the weekend and, and moments of other games where they, they have been disappointed, you know, obviously the second half against Hull, for example, when they're down yeah. to 10 men, there's not a lot they can do, but... You know, it was just wave after wave after wave. So there's been a few more almost peaks and troughs at this early point, which is why I still think it's it's difficult to judge where they're at. But potentially, you know, you look at those peaks and you think, well, if they can bring them round more consistently, well, the sort of performance you saw against Fulham. Yeah, exactly. You know, they've, they've got every chance of, of pushing themselves a, a little bit further away, maybe from the bottom three than they are at the moment. And I think that's the shining light, really. That, that's, that's your sort of... You have those performances you can look at. Nigel Clough can say in training, look, you know, you've done this. You've showed us that you can beat Fulham, you can beat Birmingham, you can grind out draws yeah. away to good teams like Norwich. You know, we can do it. So it's not a case of waiting for that first win or waiting for that first point on the road or something, you know. The precedent is set and now we just have to, like you said, like we said earlier, recover that confidence and sort of go into... You know, we're looking at the fixtures now. They've got Bristol and Forest away back to back. I mean, they're a couple of tough, couple of tough ones, aren't we? Those. <laughs> That's um, the thing, isn't that, it? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you say, oh, well, you know, at this point of the fixture list, and then you look, you say, okay, Bristol are flying, probably the form team in the division or one of. Forest have, have been a bit hit and miss, but have looked quite good at home. Have just beaten Sheffield United at home. You know, and, and then suddenly that's another two games down the line. Nigel Clough has, has said the importance of, you know, okay, they're, they're, they're going to suffer back-to-back defeats from time to time, but you do not want to go on a run of three, four, five defeats no, on the yeah. bounce because that's when you start to, you know, let yourself get cast adrift. And there's, that's why, you know, a reaction is needed and that's why they need to, to, to probably look back and say, right, the last two away games have been really good performances. We couldn't hit wins. We've had chances. Joe Mason against Norwich. <clears throat> and yeah, well, QPR, Mason, that, say, that was a very good chance. Scannell hitting the post. Yeah. And Jamie Allen, obviously, at the back post against yeah. Norwich, they had a couple of chances. And think when you think about it, we actually could have we could have won those games. So, like you say, they'll look at it and say, you know, we're go- we're going to Bristol. You know, would be, is the expectation going to after we had a couple of weeks off? Do you reckon the expectation levels will be quite high at Ashton Gate if Burton frustrating for twenty twenty five minutes? Alan Norwich, QPR. Yeah. Do we well, have that's a the thing, isn't it? There? Don't concede in the first twenty. They have in those two games against Villa and Wolves, and we saw what happened. They didn't against QPR and Norwich. And we saw what happened there. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's 
it is is looking important. Just you sort of touched upon their you know performances and whatever. In terms of a, a player, you know, again we're only eleven games in, but you could sort of look at players. I suppose you've, you've caught the eye yourself personally, Rich. Is is there anyone who, who so far as as you would potentially put up there as an as an early season player of the season? Oh, I mean, Jamie Allen's been absolutely fantastic. He's been a real breath of fresh air since he came in. Yeah. Um, on deadline day, obviously, that that late night, that late Thursday night, but he's really looked good on the ball. Um, I think it was against Aston Villa the other night where he didn't look, he didn't shy away from yeah, trying yeah. to create something, even when he was three or four nil down. He still got on the ball. He looked bright. He looked like he wanted to make an impression. He looked like he genuinely wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. Sounds daft saying this after two, after back to back four nil defeats, but I think the defence has played quite well. You know, Ben Turner, Jay Buxton, they put in some great performances against um, mm-hmm. QPR Norwich. He, you know, I think I think Burton really missed Turner while he was out for the first few games of his season. Yeah, yeah. I think as I say, you know, Buxton is probably a perfect example of how there's been those sorts of peaks and troughs. In a couple of those away games, he was magnificent. You know, in, in withstanding those waves. I mean, he was QPR, absolutely he was the dominant. standout player in that yeah. QPR game. And then, he, you know, I'm sure he would probably admit struggled struggled against Wolves and, and Villa. And that probably sums up, you know, given he's the on-field captain, sums up the, the form of the whole team. Really, yeah, they just yeah. maybe not yet been able to find a, a decent level of consistency. Which, yeah, had they had, they might have, have got a few more performances. I'd probably throw Lucas Aiken's name in there. I think. Yeah, uh, Lucas. Well, I, I knew you were going to say Lucas, so I wanted to sort you of know, let you have the let you have the, <laughs> the, the, the moment there. But well, he's uh, you know obviously got his reward as well. He sort of. Signing that that one year contract extension as well, which I think uh, Nigel Clough said was thoroughly deserved, and I think probably most people would agree, um, as well as the fact that he is one of the nicest people you will ever meet, which I, yeah, I regularly espouse that uh, espouse that fact. But he is, um, you know, once again, you you always describe him sort of, you know, Burton Albion's Mister Versatile. He's proven that even more this season. You know, last season it was up front or on the right wing or at right wing back. You know. I can't say I'd ever seen him myself personally as playing in centre midfield and yet, you know, the Fulham game, the QPR game, he's moved back to, to play in that midfield three and again, prove what he can do there. And um, I think certainly in the early few games when they were getting beaten, you know, they lost the first three games in the league. He he was one of the few, maybe came out with real credit. Um, he obviously got the winning goal, that penalty oh, against Fulham. And, yeah. and just in general, you know, he's everything that Burton Albion are. He, he ne- you know, never gives up. He's always pushing. He's always running to the last minute and, and he's got such a variety to his game. And I think, Every season since he signed, you know, in that League Two title winning season, he's just taken his game onto the next level. He's risen the to the level impressive. the club are at, and that's that. Yeah, that is why you know that's what is so impressive. That's that, yeah, exactly that's the most impressive. His person, you know, he's got a personality where he just wants to improve all the time. And let's not forget, he's played an awful lot of games this season. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, isn't you know, it? He, you know, well, he, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, he was rested. Was he rested? Yeah, he was rested for the Man U game, wasn't he? I think he came yeah. off the bench late on against yeah. Man U. But other than that, he started every game. And he played those old, those Oldham games, the yeah. Cardiff games. He, he kept going Saturday, Tuesday for about four or five weeks, and just yeah, I mean, fair play to him. And he put an, a shift in every single time. That's it. It's the it's that level of fitness which I think is needed. Obviously, as we uh, we mentioned uh, as well on on the website yesterday, and the the Brewers are building up that uh, that level of fitness. They're currently away in Spain doing some warm weather training there, sort of trying to again achieve those sort of peak fitness levels. Nigel Clough has spoken quite regularly about the fact that even at this stage, some members of the squad are at different stages. Some of them are you know right at optimum fitness. Some of them are still trying to get it yeah. back because they missed games through injury or pre pre season through injury or games through suspension. And I think we saw I think we saw that with the lack of uh, John Brayford and Ben Turner on Saturday. Yeah, I think they're the sort of players where. Like Nigel said yesterday, you, you play a few games, then all of a sudden it, it, it really catches up, catches doesn't, up it, yeah. doesn't it? And I think also the, the, the Brewers, obviously, like we said, they're in Spain. I think there's a lot to be said for team spirit, team bonding. Yeah, that is a lot. That is important. Let's not forget. You know, I think we've had twelve, 
arrivals, eight eight departures. Yeah, there's been um, a fair few changes. There's been a, a bit of surgery on this team, and I think that's going to be important to try and get the new lads to gel with each other. Mm. Um, obviously, two players who won't be with the team in Spain at the moment, or I hope they're not in Spain at the moment, because <laughs> they've got a they've got a match with Northern Ireland tomorrow night, um, a big match as well against Germany at Windsor Park, seven forty five pm tomorrow night. Tom Flanagan and Matty Lund. Uh, we don't anticipate them to start. Mm. They could they, obviously they could come off the bench. Um, a very big night for the national side. Yeah, huge. I mean, I think you. I think it was yourself, wasn't it? Who asked Matty Dunn sort of back when he when he first signed back in May or June about about the fact that is there a bit of a parallel between Burton and, and Northern Ireland, sort of these so called smaller sides upsetting the big dogs, upsetting the odds and whatever. And Northern Ireland certainly doing that. You know, obviously qualified for the Euros last year and. Look at a good position to qualify for the World Cup. I think uh, I'm right in saying that they'd, they'd have to beat Germany tomorrow night to, to keep themselves in with a chance of finishing top. Germany, yeah. I think, are four points or five points above them with two games to play. But even so, they're still looking odds-on for a, for a playoff spot. Um, I think, and what yeah, a success but, story that is again. Yeah, I did the piece um, earlier on. It's on the website now. Um, yeah, I think what they're on 19 points, a guaranteed second place. Unless um, the stars align for them and loads of results don't go their way, they're not guaranteed a playoff spot, but they, they more or less are a guaranteed one. So the next uh, November, I think the playoffs are. Yeah, so yeah. that's when, obviously, if Germany lose to Northern Ireland tomorrow night, which you know you hope Northern Ireland beat them, but then obviously Germany have got to lose to Azerbaijan um, in Kaiserslautern on Sunday night. That's obviously not not going to happen. You know, you never know football and all that, but you would safely assume it isn't going to. But um, yeah, like you say. Matt, it must be quite strange. Matty Lund walks into Burton Albion and you can turn around and say, Well, we've upset the, I've upset the odds before, let's go and do it again. Yeah. You know, he comes in with this experience, Northern Ireland international experience, him and Tom Flanagan. Like Nigel Clough said yes, um, yesterday, I think, or, or before the Wolves uh, match on Friday, sorry, at the press conference, he said, We'd like them to go. We mm. want them to experience international football. It's a different level. Playing against mm. Germany tomorrow night, they'll be able to watch the likes of Thomas Muller, Meza Ozil, uh, ply their trade and think, you know, I'm on a par with these lads. I'm set, I'm in the same stadium as them. I'm ready to go on the pitch and compete with them. Yeah, and just go back a few years and tell Burton Albion fans that there'd be uh, there'd be Burton Albion players playing in crucial World Cup qualifying matches at this level, and uh, and it's again sort of shows the uh, the progress that the, the club has made in such a short space of time. Just uh, a last quick news line just before we we leave the podcast for this week. Um, a Burton Albion player who is uh, away from the club at the minute on loan, Damien McCrory. Um, he's on loan with Portsmouth until January. Uh, just seen in the last hour or so that he's had surgery on a knee injury. Um, he picked the knee injury up uh, in, I think, his third uh, third outing for Pompey. A uh, form went over Fleetwood. It was sort of a twisted knee. It wasn't thought too serious at the time, but they've uh, they've seen some uh, damage to some cartilage. So he's had a knee operation. Expected to be out for about a month. Uh, but Kenny Jackett, the, the Pompey manager, has said that he expects him to sort of stay with the club throughout the time and that it, you know he should be back for, for still plenty of time of, of the loan spell, which, as we say, runs out in January. So all the best to... To Damien with the, the recovery from that and uh, and obviously hope to sort of see him back in a, in a Portsmouth shirt out on loan pretty, pretty soon. While we're talking loans, quick uh, quick nod, Richard, as ever, we seem to, to do it reasonably regularly. Uh, Marcus Dinanger bagged another another two goals for, for AFC Telford last night. There's now eight for the season, helped them through to the next round of the FA Cup. And I'm sure Nigel Clough said to him when he went out on loan, just do what he did last season, keep scoring goals. And uh, and he's <laughs> he's just done that. It's like you say every time, every morning after Telford play, we seem to say, oh, Marcus has scored again. Um, he's he seems to he's one of those play, he seems one of those play, goal scorers will score goals at any level. Yeah. So I think you get um, a step up. A step up. Rob Edwards, obviously former Wolves managers, come out this morning and said some really nice things about him. Saying his attitude's fantastic. He's a goal scorer. He scores goals. That's what he does. 
Um, it's good to see him adapt into the step up in level. Mm. But just there just doesn't seem to be any pressure on him whatsoever. He just seems to absolutely love scoring goals. Yeah, I had a couple of sort of <coughs> fans tweeting and saying, "Oh, should he be given a chance? You know, should should Clough bring him back? Should he be given a chance in and around the squad?" I think we had the same discussion last season when he was banging him in left, right, and centre for Matlock. Um, I mean, it's it's certainly a point to be made, but I think at this stage in his career, still so young, you know, all he needs is to be scoring goals, whatever level that is, whoever that is for. He just needs to be discovering that love for scoring goals he clearly is he's shown his ability um, but I'm sure he and I'm sure Clough would much rather that he's out scoring goals starting week in week out rather than sat on the bench or or, or around the first team squad not really getting a look in Um, at this point in his career this is what he needs and and I think the exciting thing for Bruce fans is is, is proving from what I've seen he can score all sorts of goals he he loves plenty around sort of that six yard box loose ball nodding it in that sort of thing poacher you know and and, uh, and Burton Albion fans I'm sure I'm sure be be looking forward to seeing him as and when he's given that chance Um, be looking forward to to seeing him uh, in a Burton Albion shirt rather than, than out on loan that is about it from us on this week's at Brewers Talk podcast thanks uh, forever uh, as ever should I say uh, for listening not forever we don't I mean we drone on for a while but not uh, not for eternity or at least it doesn't seem like that um, so yes thank you as ever for listening we're going to try uh, I've been trying for a couple of weeks to get this podcast up on, on iTunes so hopefully sooner rather than later you'll be able to subscribe uh, but as ever any thoughts any questions uh, for next week's podcast get in touch uh, comment on the website or tweet us uh, at Burton Albion BM at Joshua Murray BM or at Richard Cusack BM um, but uh, we'll be back next week as ever for now have a good week and we'll see you soon